Welcome to the JAG podcast. My name is Anthony. And my name is Eva Lynch and I'm the Diabetes Programme Manager. For those new to JAG, it stands for the Joint Advisory Group on GI Endoscopy. We were founded in 1994 and have been aiming to improve GI endoscopy services ever since. In today's episode, we're going to look at the ins and outs of being an assessor, not just for JAG, but for the accreditation unit at the Royal College of Physicians, which JAG is a part of. The accreditation unit at RCP has several different programmes within it. Uh, We have programmes focusing on pulmonary rehabilitation, liver, primary immunodeficiency, allergies and diabetes. So today we'll be joined by accreditation unit assessor Rachel Follows, who will be giving us insights into her role within the accreditation unit. So I'll get started on my question. So we have already had a little preview into who you are, but could you delve deeper into what your role is within the accreditation unit? So so my role in the accreditation unit has really expanded in line with the new schemes that have come along. So where my primary role is really about assessing services using um, the accreditation standards and helping them to achieve accreditation. I also lead on assessments with the team and the A's. I'm a mentor for the new um, diabetes scheme, supporting new assessors coming along. I work as a trainer for the accreditation unit for both services and for assessors. And part of my role is also to undertake that quality assurance of report and the annual review of reports that are coming through as well as part of the scheme. So it's quite quite diverse with different things happening at different times in a month or within a year's cycle. Thank you. Are there any areas of being an assessor that you enjoy the most in your role? I particularly enjoy working with different teams. Um, When your team comes together um, to achieve something, you never quite know who you're going to be working with. And so we get to work with uh, some fantastic people who are assessors, uh, lay assessors, different services from big national or regional services, right down to very small individual services as well. We get involved with the staff. Um, particularly who are working on that accreditation and want to very much show you everything they've done. And that's really rewarding to hear all of those different aspects um, that they've been able to achieve while they're undertaking accreditation. How did you get involved in the accreditation unit? I got involved in the accreditation unit, like many people do, simply by accident. Um, I happened to be in the right place at the wrong time, uh, working within the the RCN um, Gastro Forum, and they needed somebody to come and represent them with JAG as it was at the time in 1994, just for endoscopist training. And that became the start of my involvement with JAG. And then when I became the lead nurse um, for the um, whole Anisha Yorkshire Training Centre, um, that continued a role to become an assessor and then became the lead nurse for JAG. And then again, continuing wanting to be part of that assessment team. So so a long history with uh, with JAG and the RCP. And can you, can you give an overview of what an assessor's role is and what they do? Mm. So an assessor really is there as part of that clinical um, team who are undertaking a peer assessment really of other services that within their specialty. So it may be endoscopy, it may be pulmonary rehab, it may be liver services. What they're doing is they're reviewing um, the evidence that um, 
services have put to show that they're meeting those professional standards and that they've got that evidence embedded in the way that they're undertaking their day-to-day -day, um, activities. We'll often review a year's worth of evidence, not everything, but key pertinent points that show that they've got this process embedded and pass comment on it as well. Um, we do a site assessment for many of the schemes to see the environment and meet people. And we discuss what's actually happening um, in services by interviewing staff. One of the interesting things that we do, particularly as we um, assess over a variety of different um, settings. And what we have to do is we've got to make sure those standards are actually used in that way to get the best out of services. We look at the um, evidence and decide if they comply, give them feedback um, and support a report. So quite a long process, but not everything's done all in one point. And did it take you a long time to kind of get into the rhythm of reviewing evidence and giving feedback? And how, I guess, how did that um, kind of routine sort of come together for you, if that makes sense? Yeah. So when we when we first had evidence, again, which haven't been assessor for a long time, we used to have box files that we would go through. Um, so reading everything, you started to get an eye for key aspects like you do when you're reviewing any document or SOP um, or policy. And now you have a skill whereby you can look and pull out key aspects. So that's one of the first skills we've got to be able to condense things down and be able to do that light touch overview. The other part of it was um, deciding what level to go in with some of the questions that you're asking people. And that's where the AU has been really helpful by putting out some standard sort of lines of inquiries, openers really, to particularly allow you to focus and make sure that you've covered everything, that you don't then get too entrenched in one part of the assessment. And you do look at that whole breadth of what's being reviewed. You break it down as well. Um, you don't have to sit there and do absolutely everything at all. The, the great thing about the website is you can say, I'm just going to do 20 minutes or I'm going to look at this one part and then identify, is that OK? And again, the system supports you in that by allowing you to do a tick as to yes or no and to put comments down. So those things are really helpful when you're working through and when you're doing the report as well, you can write bits up in individual aspects. So you can really kind of break it down into small chunks then? You, you can, absolutely. And you can do as much or as little as you want, but it's very easy once you start to use the system to then be able to pick up and identify what you've done and move to the to the next section. Okay. Um, so obviously JAG's been around for almost kind of 30 years now. Um, what would you say are the benefits of being an assessor? Um, not just for JAG, obviously, but for all the programmes. I think the benefit is that you really get to understand what's happening within your own specialty. You develop a really deep knowledge of what good looks like and you're able to take that back and to work with your own service. You're also able to have the advantage of being able to share what you know from all of those other assessments um, with new services to be able to signpost them. It's a really supportive um, way of assessing um, and a very friendly and, you know, uh, 
clinical way of, of undertaking it. Um, we particularly work with people um, so that the benefits of that mean that you get to you develop your interpersonal skills, you get to learn how to communicate, you get to work with people who make a difference and you develop some of the leadership skills and writing skills that you may not have the opportunity to do in your day to day um, role. So it puts you in an advantageous position, not just working with the accreditation unit, but also when you want to go back for other roles within your trust or new jobs or being able to demonstrate on your revalidation portfolio how you've developed as a person and a clinician. I was going to say, I think writing those reports really kind of probably develop your writing skills as well because they're so kind of in depth. They are the, the writing, the writing of the report and getting it right, and then taking the feedback from um, the other two assessors who were doing the QA on it. Again, is it gives you um, that aspect of saying this is how I refine it, but also looking at it from other people's point of view that you think you're clear or you think you've been moderate and other people say I can't understand that. So that really is a sort of a benefit to how I work and now how I'm able to put things across when I'm in my day job. Mm. And I, I hear that lots of assessors obviously go back to their own departments and say, oh, we need to do X, Y and Z like this hospital. Um, so it kind of gives you ideas. It, it very much gives you ideas. And, you know, we have the phrase rob and duplicate, that when we get that aspect and we see what good looks like, we then have that ability to quickly be able to, you know, embed it down. And we have examples and we work in such diverse area that we're open to different forms of innovation and research or, you know, what's actually happening. A lot of the people we work with are national leads, they're very professional leads. So exposure to them, even if you're just talking when you're sort of, you know, in your downtime on an assessment, that is really beneficial to be able to take back um, and use in your practice. So, Rachel, you, you kind of you mentioned there about talking, uh, you know, interacting with other people. Yeah. It's um, kind of a big part of the job that that kind of gave you a uh, a bit of a head start at the the recent accreditation unit network meeting that you gave a talk at. What could you just talk us through what that involved, um, how that came about? So I was asked to um, give a, a talk really on the benefits of being an assessor and and what it was. So the first thing I wanted to know was what the potential um, assessors want to know from me to take it out there so that I could answer their questions rather than just sort of give my my overview. And then once we had that discussion with the administrative team, I then had a focus for being able to pull together that talk. Because it was about encouraging people, I wanted to make it quite lighthearted, um, open to sort of discussion, open to questions. And so we had a short presentation, but also spent a lot of the time then discussing the role and um, answering questions um, to those those people. So it, I had the feedback that that was a huge benefit, but for the amount of work that it took for me to, to do that, because it was something that I was familiar with, it didn't really have um, that great a burden on it. And I think that's where a lot of assessors do have that advantage. You know, we're able to share it. We want to share. We want to bring other people on as part of that community. Yeah, and you talk yeah. about the 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 kind of um, potential burden that might be you have as an assessor, or everyone's got a very busy life. Yeah. Um, you know, individually, obviously you 
have a day job as well how does that kind of how does that role kind of fit in because you've spoken a, a lot there they are quite um the services will know that are listening they are quite uh, long assessments they can be quite tricky at times and require a bit of knowledge so how do you manage to fit that in with your day job so the biggest thing is planning and then plan again um, and breaking it, breaking it down. Even though an assessment um, goes on for certain days, you can plan exactly when you're going to decide I'm able to do this assessment. And they're always booked at least 12 weeks in advance. So you can identify that within a timetable. You know on the system when you've got to review your evidence by, you know when it's going to come back to you. So you can put these parts in because it's all electronically based you can do this at home you can do it in your day job you can do it at weekends you can fit it into whichever way you want to do it and then you know that there's a report afterwards and the time scales that you have so it's really about planning your time out for those sort of small bite-sized chunks as you're as you're going through and one of the things that you know some assessments have is a deferral process and so you're able to then contribute and see what evidence has been supplied over a period of time but most mostly most people will say i do it basically an hour at an hour at a time apart from the actual assessment days and obviously the being an assessor is quite a quite a, a good position it's quite a, a position of kind of authority uh, should we say how uh, do you feel about being an assessor does it I assume there's kind of a bit of pride when you go around these these uh, services and you see how well they're working towards this accreditation standard and you come back and you write that report and you go this this is an amazing service how how and you obviously mentioned working with the team how much uh, enjoyment do you get out of these assessments and, and these site visits an immense amount of um you know pleasure and, and joy i would say that it that it is you're not only working with them clinically and discussing you know the passions that you've got and we've all got you know passions for endoscopy or passions for liver so you're talking to like-minded people um, but you're also able to support them. You're able to sort of use your position as an assessor. So that if there are any issues, you can say this is maybe a way that you could consider going forward and support them with, with what they're doing. The, the key thing, as you say, is about the staff. It's about the amount of work that people put in and they really want their service to shine. And I think that's a big thing that assessors do. We don't go in there to be punitive or to you know, focus down on one thing. We all work in clinical practice. We all know what it's like, you know, trying to get through day to day or changes. And we're able to you know, share that view with people um, to be able to get a really good, a really good overview of what they what they achieve team that you work with as well you always work with different people the team are pulled together as assessors and there's always that little bit of sort of anticipation when you see you've been assessed you know, assigned an assessment and the first thing we all do is we just sort of go in and see who else is on the team with us um, and it's always sort of that's great I love working with them or I've never worked with them before this is going to be really interesting we do have downtime as well. You know, we, we we work together. We have sort of meals together before the assessment. We have, you know, breakfast, coffee um, follow up. So you get to meet some some really good clinical people and you start making friends because you're all interested in that way of uh, in that way of working. 
It's really nice to, to hear that you're kind of more creating like a bit of a, a community, a little bit of a network amongst those assessors, which is yeah. which is great. And hopefully more people come along and, and join in that. Um, you do a lot of assessments for a range of different programs, as we mentioned at the top mm-hmm. uh, of the podcast. There's there's plenty within the accreditation unit. First of all, I kind of want to know what your first uh, assessment was like, what, what program that was under, and then when did you decide to try and branch out to the to the rest of the, the accreditation programs, and what was that step like? So my, my first assessment was done back in the early 2000s, and it was part of the rollout for bowel cancer screening program. And we assessed each of the national training units that were then going to undertake bowel screening. So it was actually at the uh, very old Norfolk and Norwich Hospital um, with a team. And we just sort of cross-referenced. That was that was the first one I did. And it would be fair at that time to say that the standards were just under two domains and had only really been really being developed as things have gone on we've contributed to new standards coming on board new domains we've encompassed all the changes that have that have gone on and the first other scheme that I started to work with um, was again with the accreditation unit saying would you be interested in working on the occupational health scheme that was just starting up so it was using the skills I had as an assessor um, to be able to support that and support the training as well. Well, I knew nothing about occupational health at that time, other than it was something out there. So I had to sort of learn all about the, the clinical aspects or the different terminology to be able to support. But the good thing about that was I already knew about accreditation. So that part of the team knew everything about occupational health. I knew about accreditation. So we were able to sort of work together and you know form that sort of dream team to go out and start doing those those first assessments excellent so it wasn't that kind of daunting moment where oh no no, that's brilliant it's good to hear that's what we want to know um just finally from me um i've asked a a few people this on the podcast uh quite a bit um because i always want to kind of know what their thoughts are on it um what if I gave you the opportunity to give us some top tips for becoming an assessor, what would those top tips be? So the first thing would be make sure you've got a really good working knowledge of your own type of service, your own specialty. Make sure that you're involved in any form of accreditation or getting ready for accreditation. So you've got that good understanding of what the standards are and and what's required. The second thing is be really adaptable. Um, look at how you can sort of assess different services and your openness to saying there's one standard, but there are maybe different ways for that to be um, achieved. So look at different aspects uh, within your working life where you can maybe see that that happening. You've got to be completely open to learning. You learn something every time you go on an assessment. Um, and so you've got to have that sort of mindset, really, that you want you want to learn. Um, you will be, you know, sort of getting things not quite right. But there's other team members to be able to support you. So are you open to feedback, um, both informally and then when you've done your assessment? And I think break that assessment down. As I say, don't become daunted by this overview. Work your way through it. And you've always got people there who are willing to help you. It's it's a very, very friendly scheme. And as I said before, just plan. Make sure you're a planner. Um, plan, plan and plan again and, and communicate uh, because that makes all the difference. But for anybody who's out there wanting to look at being an assessor, 
get in touch you know come along have a have a talk to people look at some of the resources we've got and uh, you know see if that's the 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 thing for you which undoubtedly for most people who come forward um it is that's excellent uh, and rachel i'd just like to thank you very much for coming on today it's been really nice to to listen to what you had to say about the accreditation unit and and being in a session it's been a really valuable insight and i'm hoping that'll be a valuable insight for people listening as well and get a few more assessors on board because that's what we need and that's what we want and we can uh, achieve that that'd be great uh, i'm going to pass over to eva who's going to give us some information on how to be, apply to become an assessor uh, so eva if you kindly give us those email addresses that'd be fantastic yep so if you want to apply to become an assessor then you can send in an expression of interest form to the following email inboxes Ask Jag at rcp.ac.uk, ask decap at ac.uk, palm rehab at rcp.ac.uk, ask iquas at rcp.ac.uk, ask cupids at rcp.ac.uk, and ask iquils at rcp.ac.uk. Very well read out, uh, and I'll also attach them to the to the uh, little. Uh, bio for the podcast as well and you'll be able to find them on our website too uh, so the only thing i've got to do is thank you for listening today uh, we hope you found it very informative uh, we do have more interviews to help you and your service uh, available wherever you get your podcasts uh, you can also keep up to date with all things jag by checking out our website uh, the jag.org.uk and you can find the accreditation units at the rcp website as well the royal college of physicians uh, you can follow jag on twitter as well uh, at jag underscore endoscopy and the only thing is uh, left for me to say is to say thank you to eva and thank you to rachel and we'll see you next time mm-hmm.